Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. AP, did you do the lip balm? I don't know where it's at right now, so we're just going to hope for the best. <laughs> the ritual is ruined. I know where it's at, actually, but I don't feel like dealing with it. So I'm just kind of like, that's fair. I think I'm fine. I did like shotgun basically a Diet Pepsi before we did this so that I don't fall asleep. <laughs> oh, man, I should have got a Dr. Pepper. Okay, no, focus. Okay. And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Ay, 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour Extra Episode 89, Rangers Review, Dino Fury Season 2, Episodes 12 through 15, recorded on October 19th, 2022. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger Up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. This episode is brought to you by our patrons at Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Charles D., Chris P., Steve F., Steve M., AJW, Jacob P., Tyler B., Tyler W., Leland D., Charlie N., Brian M., Craig M., Liz M., Mason M., Kevin R., Steve R., Hassan A., Josh P., Derek G., and Teresa B. for supporting us this month. Remember... You can go to linktr.ee slash rangercommandph for all of the links for the podcast, including our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.com slash shop slash rangercommandph. Hello, AP and Zach. What is up? Hello, Eric and Zach. Hello, San Francisco. (laughs) Sounded almost like. Hello, Zoma City. Or or Gaim. Yeah, we could do a yeah. Gaim reference. How's everyone doing? I'm doing. Um, it's great. <laughs> yeah, so we're recording this by the time this episode releases. So I put out a post on social media. I do want to give a shout out because if you're listening to this, we do have two episodes that dropped last weekend with episode 203, Ranger Command at Powermorphicon 7, where we spoke with Zach's friend Nate. It was a great conversation. It took me uh, a while to edit this, but that was because my September was a complete wash. I had COVID for three weeks. It sucks. The bug finally got me. I had a rebound and it stunk. That's why we didn't release anything in September. And once we were back, Power Morphicon happened. I wanted to talk with Zach about his experience and someone who's outside of the fandom. And Nate was a really good person to talk to. He's great D&D buddies with uh, Zach for Seorian Chronicles, also with David Fielding. So I urge everyone to check that out. And Nate was fun. It was fun to hear someone outside of the fandom talk about a convention that's been going on for seven iterations. Yeah, he's really just a genuinely cool guy. Like everyone that I play D&D with, we've only been playing together for a year, but there's already such a deep connection of like Mm -hmm. friendship that when he found out I was going to be in the area, he's like, oh, we're, we're hanging out. Like this is a fact that's happening. And I'm like, yeah, you got it. Let's do it. 
And so getting to kind of view Morphicon through his experience as someone who isn't a diehard fan was right. interesting. I'm hoping that everybody really enjoyed that episode. Yeah. And then following up, uh, we had episode 204, which a lot of people tuned in because that was a Twitter space. So we had a Ranger Roundtable Hasbro PulseCon 2022 for Power Rangers. And the actual podcast version of that, I want to shout out James at Mostly Speak in Sentai. He's one of maybe like two other people that I can trust in ever editing a Ranger Command outside of myself, maybe aside from Doug. But James edits podcasts and makes podcasts for a living. I, I swear he must be editing like 10 podcast episodes a week. So I, I did pay him. I needed help in editing that Twitter space and he cleaned it up and I hope everyone enjoyed the podcast version of that. He did a really great job. And I also want to shout him out because they have celebrated mostly speaking Sentai is celebrating their fourth anniversary. And by the time you listen to this, the their fourth anniversary episode will be out and I am a guest on it. I physically went to James and Nicole's place over this past weekend as we're recording this. And it was the first time I got to see them since the pandemic began. We literally hung out on new year's 2020. And then a month later, everything shut down. Teresa and I have not physically hung out with them since the start of the pandemic. So it was a reunion of sorts and we watched the five-man episode, I think it's episode 37, Human Canon. And oh my God, it is one of the best like old-school Sentai episodes I've ever seen. Five-man is now available on DVD through Shout Factory, so you can legally buy five-man. It is out now. So definitely check out that episode. So that's all the podcast cleanup stuff. We're going to go straight into some news. I'll quickly run through some of the comic news here. First off, we had an exclusive first look at Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 101. Boom Studios was kind enough to give us an exclusive first look before anyone else. They've done that for us in the past. So we were able to make the official first look announcement with the first preview pages. By the time you were listening to this, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 101 is already out in comic shops. This is the bold new creative team with writer Melissa Flores, artist Simona de Gianfelice from All New Firefly. And we're recording this on a Wednesday. I picked up the newest issue of All New Firefly which she illustrated, which came out. And I am so excited for her artwork, which you get to see in the preview pages. Her artwork, I think, rivals Dan Mora. It rivals Daniele DiNiculo. Power Rangers get some of the most amazing artists. And now we have a female writing and artist team. And just from these first five preview pages, the art and coloring, which is, we can't forget the colors, but the coloring is done by Raul Angulo, who did, uh, who colored for Mighty Morphin. So Charged 100 brought everything together in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 100. Now the Rangers future unfolds as the teenagers with attitude are forced to contend with lost friends, cosmic threats, and the return of familiar adversaries with terrifying new 
powers. So this artwork is absolutely incredible. And Melissa opens up uh, her run with Rita actually putting Zordon into the time warp with an evil spell, which is the first time we've ever canonically seen this in anything Power Rangers. Yeah, those preview pages look just fantastic. Like there's so many great little details. Yeah, I, I definitely am going to have to read this issue. I'm, I need to jump back in. I feel like this is going to be a good uh, jumping in point for me. That's the beautiful thing about Melissa's run is that she's pulling from all the previous runs of the comics, but they are also saying that this is a good jumping on point for the story. Like they had a beat. Rita is returning as Mistress Vile, which has never been seen in the show. This is new territory for everyone. So I think this is an excellent time to start picking up the comic to read. Very, very excited to to read this one. And then speaking of Mighty Morphin issue 100, which was Ryan Parrott's last issue, and stay tuned because we do have an interview with Ryan Parrott talking about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 100. And this is also out now. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 100 got a second printing because the first printing uh, sold out on the day of release. And so, yeah, so the second printing cover features the artist concept sketch uh, by Dan Mora for the Omega Red possessed Death Ranger or the (laughs) Death Ranger possessed Omega Red. <laughs> so, one of those combos. Yeah. So, Death Ranger is able to take over Jason's consciousness and body, and the Omega Red powers corrupt uh, to fuse with the Death Ranger. So, uh, that was all about the 100th issue. It was a great send off for Jason, really ties everything into Zeo. And it kind of launches Melissa's run. So if you were not able to pick up the first run of Mighty Morphin 100, definitely pick up this second printing, which is out right now alongside the same release date as Mighty Morphin 101. So uh, you can get kind of a one-two punch with that. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I just found out that my local, well, not local, but the closest party city now has that sword. Get it. Get it. I need to go get it. I need to to make an unplanned trip to party city. I bought a second one (laughs) so I can paint it in the future for Void Night. Nice. Because for the longest time, everyone was getting it and I was checking and it was like, oh no, we don't have it in stock. And now it, I just randomly like, oh my gosh. Yes. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but like, I need to go get it. Make a display. Just Put it on your display. mantle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I had a mantle. Just, just like get, get, get a mantle. Once you have the mantle, then you can Put do, it on the- yeah. yeah, you just can get do a the mantle. Dino Fury shrine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Going back to issue 100, yeah, I missed out on the first run because I. It turns out I had missed the the pre order cutoff date by like, Ooh. I got like a day or two, and so went back to my comic shop and I was like, um, I pre ordered this issue 100, uh, and I I didn't get it on my pickup day. Was I supposed to? And he was like, Let me check. And he looked at my account and he goes, Oh, yeah, you missed the cutoff. And I went, Oh, well, sh-. and he's like, Well, maybe maybe they'll do a second printing. And it's like, Hey, good, they're doing a second printing. Guess what? I can go get it and and be happy. Exactly. So Zach, that's next Wednesday. 
Yeah. It releases. Okay. I realize we're talking in a future set. I know right, the, right, the, right. the linear progression of time is a. So we're going to move on to some product news. First up, this was revealed at Walmart Collector Con earlier this month. There's all new Mighty Morphin Power Rangers action figures. So these are not the Lightning Collection. These are the six-inch action figures. So they, they scale with the Lightning Collection, but they're more akin to like the standard toy release, like Beast Morphers or Dino Fury. They also, like the retro Megazords, they feature this VHS-style packaging. So you have the Mighty Morphin Red Ranger, 6-inch, and these come with a power coin accessory and two weapons. So the the Red Ranger, remember in Beast Morphers, they did a pack of like the Red Ranger and then Dino... Oh, that like grid, the grid connection, connection pack. Yeah. 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 So this is pretty much the same Red Ranger, except there's no paint on the sword or blaster, and you get a power coin. Okay. These all retail for $17. Oh. It's definitely more than a basic action figure, and and these are Walmart exclusives. The Black Ranger, six-inch action figure, and they don't specify, so you can either consider this the Stone Canyon trio or the Peace Conference trio. Uh, and then the yellow ranger. We don't know if blue or pink or green or white are coming in the same type of style, but we'll see. And they make it very clear on the back of the packaging. It doesn't specify which person it is. It just says the yellow ranger morphs into battle with the power of saber tiger. Like it's just <laughs> super generic on the back of these, but you can check out all of the packaging and if you look at the packaging for this, this was actually the first reveal of the 30th anniversary logo for Power Rangers. So oh. if you look on the press picture on the side of the box, you will see the 30th anniversary logo, which I think looks pretty good. And technically, these are the first pieces of 30th anniversary merchandise. So I'm probably going to get at least one of these. I, I might just get Adam, the Black Ranger, mm -hmm. just so I can say that I have a, the first piece of merchandise with the 30th anniversary branding. Yeah, I think they look all right, but it's a little bit much for a basic figure. But the basic figures do scale exactly with the Lightning Collection. But part of me is like, well, if I wanted the MMPR Rangers, I'd just spend the extra eight bucks and get like a Lightning Collection figure. These are for a different type of market, and it is celebrating the 30th anniversary. So there is that. Moving on, this is our last piece of, of news. So back in, what was it, March or May? It was one of the M months. We talked about Austin St. John with his uh, federal indictment. And it's been months, you know, never really had any kind of update until earlier this month. So all of this information comes from our, our good friend and uh, guest co-host, Josh Moore at Kentucky Jam on Twitter. And originally he provided, I think because of his occupation as a journalist, he's able to access different court documents. Really, anyone in the public can access. You just have to sign up for a free account, basically. Exactly. But I think he already had an account just because of his job. Yeah. 
And so originally in his thread, he was able to update everyone about, you know, some of the allegations and stuff. We didn't hear anything for a while until this update. So originally back in July, there was an update where they had October 17th as the deadline for a plea agreement or continuance. And then November 7th was supposed to be the pre-trial. And then November 14th was the jury selection slash trial. He said originally back in July, unless a plea deal comes out in the next 90 days or so, don't expect to hear much about this case before October. Sure enough, October 10th rolls around and Josh was able to pull up an update. We don't typically report on Ranger actor news, but this is a big thing. It's something he's being criminally charged for. And he's a he's sort of like a figurehead. And he is brand. a figurehead. Yeah. He's not sort of, he is. Yeah. I mean, he was in Grid Connection as he, recently. He was, he was the yeah. Red Ranger for a very yes. long time and still is to most people. So this is huge. This is something we're not taking lightly and we're not making fun of. This is the facts. So Josh said, ASJ slash Jason Lawrence Geiger update. More can kicking for both cases in which he's named as a defendant. They're related. New dates for his individual case, December 19th, deadline for plea agreement or request continuance. So it looks like before October deadline, he was able to get a continuance until December 19th. Then January 9th is the pre-trial conference and January 17th is the jury selection slash trial. But he said, however, the Eastern District of Texas anticipates both cases will not go to trial. And he includes the documents, bunch of legal stuff. And I chimed in on that on Twitter, but just as someone who has sort of like a legal background, I mean, I'm no expert by any means, but I worked in that field for a little while. Sure. Basically, this isn't proof that he's not guilty. Uh huh. And just in my semi-professional opinion, mm-hmm. as a former paralegal, although this was not my specialty, sure, um, sure, sure. financial cases were not my specialty. Usually plea agreements, they don't happen unless your attorney thinks that going to trial is more Mm. dangerous for you. Like you have a better chance of being, receiving a harsher punishment if you go to trial for criminal cases. So, and I'm not, I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm just saying like, usually when your lawyer goes for a plea agreement, Mm-hmm. That means going to trial would be more dangerous for you. All right. Well, you heard it here. I will point out, Josh said one more thing. He said, ASJ will also be at the 2023 Lexington <laughs> Comic and Toy Convention because previously he got an exemption because he uses convention appearances to support his family. So originally, that's how we found out back in March or or May or whenever that was, that he was going to PMC because he literally had to list every convention that he was going out of the state of Texas for. Mm -hmm. So he did a new one and says, defendants unopposed motion for authorization for travel. Defendant Jason Lawrence Geiger, by and through his undersigned counsel, files this motion for authorization to travel. Mr. Geiger's job requires him to travel to various locations around the country to take part in conventions and exhibitions. As part of the conditions of his pre-trial release, he is permitted to travel freely within the state of Texas, 
but requires permission to travel outside of the state. This is why you're not going to see him in the 30th anniversary special is because he can't leave the country. All right, and it says, without the ability to travel outside of Texas, Mr. Geiger will lose his primary ability to provide financially for his family. Basically, he's not going to get permission from the court to go to New Zealand. Yeah. Exactly. Permission to go to another state is one thing. They're not going to give him permission to flee the country. To, to, yeah. to flee the country. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Without the ability to travel outside of Texas, Mr. Geiger will lose his primary ability to provide financially for his family. Obviously, he has a wife. I think he's got at least one kid. I'm not sure if he has more than that um, because the personal life is is not my concern. Obviously, he has to do what his job. And right now, I guess his job is just doing convention appearances. Well, October 5th through 10th, he was at New York Comic Con. So he was at New York Comic Con. I forget which booth, but he was in New York. And then, like Josh said, oh, I guess he's going to Lexington Comic and Toy Convention because his only other request to travel outside of Texas was March 23rd through 26th in Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> and by process of elimination, it's, it's, it's LexCon, uh, which, which we've been to before, and it's a great convention. My only thing is that's quite a gap between October and March. That's like five months. That's all he could get? Are people like pulling out of requesting him as a guest because of this? I don't know. It's quite possible. I think it's also entirely possible that he is, because he needs permission to travel outside the state, he's only choosing to go to larger conventions that would bring in more money. Right. And if this trial stuff happens, that could be... November, December, January. So he's just blocking out, you know, in case he has to go to trial. Yeah. So I think, I think that's another reason that's the update. We're probably not going to hear anything until December. Again, this isn't meant to like claim him as guilty or whatever. It's just, we're mm -hmm. providing the facts because when literally anyone in the general public thinks red Ranger, they think of Jason Lee Scott played by Austin awesome. St. John. Yeah. AKA Jason Lawrence Geiger. And according to the Department of Justice, that is also one of his aliases. So yes. they yes. named him as the Red Power Ranger in their press release, which is f still so freaking wild to me. It's hilarious that there is a federal <laughs> press release that. Yep names the red ranger as as a defendant like that is just <laughs> freaking wild to me and the fact that they did that makes me think this is sort of tied to i mean it is tied to his career as a power it ranger is. so it, it's worth mentioning on the podcast exactly and again i'm just gonna say what i said i'm not saying he's guilty no i am not a professional in the world of like financial crimes I'm just someone who has a bit of a background in dealing with the court yeah. through a former job. And Ranger Command is not a true crime podcast. We're not. We're <laughs> we not could in that. Be. We yet. could. Should, we, yes, could we? <laughs> we could be. Maybe that's our April Fool's joke. Uh, it's, it's, it'll be. It'll be only murders in the command center. I <laughs> love that, and I will also have to watch that show. <laughs> It's really good, by the way. <laughs> Zach's movie dad is in it. So. Yeah. Oh, nice. 
<laughs> so I do want to say again, we're we're not legal professionals. We're just commenting on on a trial. We're not saying he's guilty or innocent. We're just present, presenting the facts as is. Yep. And this is a big deal because it has already affected the world of Power Rangers because Steve Cardenas was in New Zealand mm -hmm. filming alongside Catherine Sutherland and confirmed David Yost and, and Walter Jones and a, a new actress playing the daughter of Trini. And it was only a, a few days before we recorded this on the date that we recorded this, that they actually finished wrapping up and they all returned. They all left New Zealand. There's no longer any canceled comic con appearances by them. So we'll see. We know a 30th anniversary special is coming. We talked about that on our PulseCon uh, reaction. Super crazy, and, and I'm just looking forward to it. And yeah. I love David Yost. I love Walter Jones. They are awesome people. They've always continued to be awesome. I don't have a problem with Steve Cardenas or Catherine Sutherland. So I think that is a great mix. But he has, but he has a problem with everybody. Sorry. Wait, what? <laughs> that in, I feel like that kind of insinuated you have a problem with everybody at all. <laughs> the way you said that. Well, I mean. Uh, anyways. Really, like, I don't, I don't anyways. have a problem with them, but I might with some other. <laughs> all right. All right. Order in the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. So Power Rangers Dino Fury season two. Yes. Part two, we finally have the closeout. I've watched the whole of part two, season two. Yep. I think we all have at this point. Oh, yeah. Yep. We're all yep. caught up. And like I promised a couple months ago, we're going to do three extra episodes. We're going to do one, the one we're doing now, the one in November, and the one in December. In each one of those extra episodes, like we've done in the past, we are going to review a chunk of these 11 episodes. Right now, we're doing episodes 12 through 15. Which in itself is a mini arc. Yeah. I, I'm so excited to talk about this. But first, I do want to address something that has come up since the last time that we recorded between PulseCon and now, which is during that time, Simon Bennett, who is the executive producer of Power Rangers Dino Fury and the showrunner. He's been on the show a couple times before. Lovely interviews. I love talking to him. And we wanted to bring him on to talk about season two, part two, but they are currently filming right now in production for Power Rangers Cosmic Fury, which has been confirmed to be 10 episodes. And during the past couple weeks, Simon was very active on both Ranger Board and Twitter. He was very open and forthcoming and talking a lot about stuff like mandates and he's maybe a little too forthcoming, maybe a little too <laughs> forthcoming. And we love Simon. We definitely, yeah. the invitation to interview him is always open. And, you know, we're working with E1 and, and Hasbro to set something up again in the future. So obviously we want him back on the show to talk all about the ending of season two and all of that. But he was very forthcoming, and like we said, maybe too forthcoming, on both Ranger Board and Twitter. He was very generous with his time, I guess because maybe he was waiting for the cast to fly in and for them to do their Ranger training and, and all of that. 
and he was answering a lot of questions, but he was also giving a lot of comments to criticism. And, you know, some people in the fandom got mad at him because they felt like they should be able to talk freely about the show and criticize it without being replied to by the executive producer. And some people on Twitter also took advantage that he was being so open and repeatedly asked him the same questions over and over. He has far more patience on social media than I do. Let's just say that he talked a lot about, and and nothing that we're going to repeat here, just because some of that information is not meant to be out there, or I, I would assume so, but he was talking about the production of previous seasons, commenting on, on Ninja Steel and other seasons, and maybe painting it in a more negative light behind the scenes. So what happened was this past weekend, as, as we recorded this, Twitter, gone, deactivated, Ranger Board account, gone. And I browsed Ranger Board and Decade, who is the owner slash moderator of Ranger Board, confirmed that essentially that his account was asked to be deactivated. The posts are not gone. They're just hidden, but you cannot see his previous posts. And for all intents and purposes, he's not on the board. A lot of the section of the fan base said, oh, those toxic fans, those toxic fans drew him off Twitter and social media. Oh, those toxic fans. If Simon Bennett stays on Twitter after a guy asks about Solon's chest area, I think he's grown up enough to weather out annoying fans. He would probably just lock his account. And not talk to anybody. And He would either lock his account or simply block the person or mute them or simply not answer them. Mm-hmm. So what's more realistic? When before he's quoted on Twitter as saying, I'm an adult, I can handle it, his words, or that maybe he was too open, especially particularly on, on a season that he did not executive produce, Ninja Steel, he only directed on. And he was commenting negatively about the stuff behind the scenes, which you are the current executive producer and showrunner for the 30th season, which potentially could be the last for the television series as we know it. What's more realistic? Hasbro was probably not happy that he was trashing a season that you can still find on Netflix because Ninja Steel is still on Netflix along with beast morphers and dino fury. So don't think Hasbro take too kindly to the current showrunner. No boss likes when employees spill secrets that they're not technically shouldn't be spilling. Right. But there, there was a lot found out about dino fury. He confirmed that there would be original cockpits, the Q Ranger suits. They don't even have the Q Ranger suits. So don't even worry about that because it's not happening. And he confirmed those points over and over because people on Twitter really... They wouldn't shut up about it. Like, let's just not mince words. They just wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah. And I get it. The fandom can be toxic. It can be. And we've talked about that toxicity before and the entitlement before on this podcast. Not going to get into it. So I'm not really convinced that this narrative that toxic fans drew him off Twitter. I don't think that's accurate. I think the more likely conclusion is that Hasbro didn't like that he was being so open and was on Twitter when he probably should be producing or pre-producing the current season that they're filming and probably said, look, shut it down. 
Because Ranger Board and Twitter went down on the same day. It's either that or like, I'm not saying either way what happened. It's also entirely likely that he just kind of cut himself off from social media. And that's entirely on the new season. Yes. I mean, either one, I'm not going to pass judgment on the situation. I don't know what happened. No, we, none of us know. We we don't want to speculate, but it's just like, it's not likely that it was toxic fans that did this. No. Yeah. It wasn't toxic fandom because like I said previously, I, I have a, a tweet deck tab that just mentions his handle. And the amount of stuff that was thrown his way over the past two years from this fandom would drive any person off of Twitter, but he is a very patient man. You can tell, and he is a very blunt and to the point person as well. And that's kind of what I like about Simon. Um, He's not someone to mince words, but at the same time, maybe start producing the show that, that you're working on. I'm grateful for all of his behind the scenes, like actual technical aspects. And I will say his Instagram account is still active, but please, please do not harass him on there. That's the only avenue right now that we're getting for any potential behind the scenes. And since he deleted Twitter and Ranger board, he has posted some behind the scenes stuff for, for Dino Fury. And we could get some more behind the scenes for Cosmic Fury. So let's not kill another social channel for him. Yeah. He's the first executive producer in a long time that has been that forthcoming and that active on both Ranger board and interacting with the fans on social media. Mm-hmm. Let's not try to look a gift horse in the mouth because behind the scenes information of, of any kind is rare to find. But also I think some of what Simon was talking about in regards to Ninja steel and all that maybe shouldn't have been his story to tell because he wasn't the executive producer. He was a director at that time. And maybe he's not getting the full picture of what's going on up top because that was chip Lynn's role, not his. So just grains of salt. That's why I'm throwing that out there. Yeah. And again, we don't know what happened, but we're, we're just saying that it's not likely that it was the fandom. That's not a likely scenario. Right. We're also not so subtly telling people, just leave him alone. He's got work to do. Just leave everybody alone. Yeah. Like, honestly, they're people too. They're all people just trying to do their job. Yeah. Like, would you really like someone to come to your job and tell you how to do Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Can you add something here? Can can you do that? You don't go to someone else's job and tell them what to do. And if you do, then maybe you need to rethink what you're doing in life. But, uh... (laughs) And look, I know more than anyone how toxic the fandom can be. So I I, I get it. That's our go-to sometimes. Like it's easy to blame the fandom. Like, oh, that silly fandom, they're at it again. But in this case, it's definitely not that. And if it was, we'd probably be some of the first to uh, mention it. (laughs) But what we can talk about. Yes. Is the awesome. (laughs) Episodes 12 through 15 of Power Rangers Dino Fury Season 2. We're going to get right into it with Ultimate Mystery Episode 12, the 12th episode of Power Rangers Dino Fury Season 2, and the 34th episode overall. This episode features the reappearance of General Shaw from Beast Morphers. Yes. 
and serves as a prelude to a three-part storyline featuring the return of Lord Zed to enact a new plan. This episode, like with all the others that we'll be discussing, dropped on September 29th on Netflix. Story by Becca Barnes and Owen Dale, teleplay by Johnny Hartman, and directed by Robin Grace. When Jane vetoes a buzz blast story on Bigfoot, Amelia tells Stan and Annie to bend the rules and do it anyway. But when her colleagues end up in danger, Amelia learns an important lesson about responsibility. Oh my God. What a way to open up. Yeah. This was awesome. It amped everything up about tenfold from the last um, batch of episodes. Yeah. In, in my opinion. And then it only started getting even more amped up from here. But we'll, we'll get to that point when it gets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. But but I want to say I love how they utilized the background characters of Stan and Annie, who have been in season one and two. But with this back half of season two, they got way more spotlight. Yeah. I don't know if they're setting up Stan and Annie for something greater. Like, are they going to become Rangers? <laughs> are they just going to be like another comedic type of character? But I love Stan. Stan's the man. And and Annie's great. She's got a great attitude. I loved everything about this episode. Like, they think there's a Bigfoot in the woods. And it turns out it's a monster called Lothorn, which is nephew to the evil wizard Lokar, the floating head from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers seasons one through three. And he escaped from Great Battle Force. I, what yeah. was this episode? Yeah. Yeah. There was rumblings that the actress was coming back for Dino Fury. I think either the Illuminati or Power Scoop. I think it was Mirror who broke it. And Mirror of the Power Scoop found out that there was a casting sheet. And that the actress Tallulah Blakely was coming back as Commander Shaw. So if you were keeping up with the behind the scenes, you knew this was coming. We didn't know how. Yeah. And this was so flipping cool because she, she called in and was asking directly for the Dino Fury Rangers. So all the Ranger teams know each other and they've been dropping hints from beast morphers earlier in these past two seasons, like uh, the name drop of steel Silva for Kung Fury that Izzy was talking about. Mm -hmm. And we've been getting little hints of like, Oh yeah. You know, the cove or whatever, and this and that, and like just all these like little beast morphers hints. And it just felt natural when, when Amelia is like, oh my God, General Shaw of Grid Battle Force? Like, and remember, in Beast Morphers, Grid Battle Force was a known organization and a very public organization. So she would be someone that's interested in conspiracy theories for the government. So, of course, Amelia would recognize that name. And when General Shaw appeared, I was like, I, I can't believe it. And then I was not expecting. Ooh, yeah, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. When they <laughs> cut to the fight footage. Yeah. From an unused episode of footage from the Sentai. Clearly it was Sentai footage. But the way that they did the smoke effect and cut transition 
it, it felt like it was a seamless blend of filming her and like obviously they set it up. It was just it was great. I yeah. love this whole thing. And it doesn't even matter that we didn't like hear them say anything. It's world building. It's like yeah. world building expansion, yeah. connecting everything, continuity. It's just it's lovely. You love to see the Ranger world kind of having these connections. And yeah, when I watched the episode, I was just like, what, 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 what? This is awesome. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I knew that we'd get General Shaw, but I was not expecting to see another fight with the grid Battle Force Rangers. Oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting her to be in that capacity either. Right. Like, I was kind of expecting maybe like a quick cameo. Like, I mean, it was a quick cameo, but I wasn't expecting something kind of pivotal. She set up the plot of the yeah. episode yeah. and she closed it out too. Mm-hmm. That also, I genuinely, that makes her a great leader too, because she recognized, oh, yep. hey, this escaped inmate is specifically going after this city for some reason, or this team for some reason. I'm going to let them know, hey, be on the lookout because stuff's headed your way you know having that as opposed to just the monster randomly showing up and being like yep i'm here for some reason having her yeah. give that little bit of plot relevance was just awesome the Lothorn design that was from the sentai because they reused the die satan costume that was in the sentai related to the sentai version of lokar so it all tied together. And the fact that the writers took that as a chance to expand the continuity and look, I don't get the family tree structure of giant mystical floating head in a different dimension, how he has a sister or brother, let alone a nephew. I'm not going to get into that, but, (laughs) but the fact that Lothorn was just such a great villain and he was funny too. He was getting pissed off that people were calling him big feet. It's like, I don't big feet. Like, what are you talking about? Like he was taking it personally. And I loved his interactions with the power Rangers. It, it was a great episode. It yeah. really, it really, really was. There was a great reveal that the behind the attack. And the reason that Lothorn escaped was that Lord Zed actually attacked grid battle force. And he was the one that let Lothorn go to cause havoc. So many great ties and setup for this upcoming three-parter. I love the interaction because at the end and how this sets up, and we saw it at the end of Beast Morphers because they captured Scrozzle. Well, Commander Shaw said that the prison break was done to release Scrozzle and send Lothorn after the Dino Fury Rangers. And this whole plan was done by Lord Zed. We haven't seen Lord Zed since season one, the back half of season one. So this was just an epic reveal to end the episode. It even calls back and it sets up the story because Ion said, the Green Morphin Master said that he was the only one that would be able to stop Lord Zed. He was the key to stopping Zed. So that's how they end this episode and talk about a bingeable show because I was like, oh my God, I got to watch the next one. Yeah, I was the same way. I I wanted to pace myself. I wanted to be like, you know, let's just give it like an episode a day. Mm -hmm. And then six hours later, I'm finished with the season. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. oh, (laughs) But yeah, no, the story set up here is fantastic. I love the idea that Zed is like, 
hey, I don't have a finster. You know, I don't have a, a somebody to come up with these ideas, these these creations. I need somebody who can do that. And for him to recognize Scrozzle as being a tech genius is like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And Scrozzle's such a good character too. Yeah. And you have the voice actor and it was an original costume that they had in storage from the previous year. So it just makes sense. You you have Campbell Cooley voicing both Scrozzle and Scyther. So it just makes sense. Yeah. Perfect execution. Perfect way to tie in the previous seasons like Dino Fury has been doing, especially with Ninja Steel and, and Mick and other callbacks to past seasons. So just continuing to build the world out and the lore was really appreciated. And I like that Lord Zed is, is such a focus, but just a couple notes for this episode. This episode marks the first appearance of the Grid Battle Force Rangers since the end of their season. They are seen morphed only during that video call. Lothorn, as we said, is revealed to be Lokar's nephew. He also mentions Angel Grove during the Zord battle. So he says, oh, I can see Angel Grove from here, uh, which was a really nice callback. Yeah. And one other plot point, Amelia reveals that her parents were lost in a fire. At least that's what Pop-Pop has told her. <laughs> one other interesting note. None of the main villains for Dino Fury appear in this episode being the first time in the series that the entire void family is absent. Hmm. So really focusing on, on Lord Zed. Yeah. All right. Who wants to take, uh, um, I think Zach should take this one. <laughs> I was just to say, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Uh, so next up we have episode 13, love, hate. And Love Hate is, like I said, the 13th episode of Power Rangers Dino Fury Season 2 and the 35th episode overall. It features the return of Scrozzle and the debut of Scizori and Boom Blaster. Well, let me just say, Scizori is like the best name ever. It's a good name. For a name. Yeah. It's a good for name. name. With story by Al Wendale and Becca Barnes and teleplay by Maya Thompson, directed by Robin Grace. Ollie tries to ask Amelia out, but a miscommunication leads to Amelia thinking he doesn't like her. But when she realizes Lord Zed is involved, the truth comes out. Okay, Zach, this is your episode to gush. Go for it. Called it! <laughs> I got on board the Amelia Ollie ship like immediately yep. and I was validated super hard in this episode. It was amazing. I, I was just blown away. I was like, well, check that one off the list for another Zach prediction. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to my other one later on. <laughs> <laughs> but this episode takes place during Valentine's Day. And Zach is completely validated. There's no Amelia Zato. There's there's some other connection there that we'll talk about later. But yeah, Ollie and Amelia. So yeah. many great callbacks, especially when, you know, they mentioned the honey bear or, or what was that? The from the third episode of Dino Fury with the fortune with teller. The fortune teller. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's one thing I really, really, really love about this season is you have those subtle foreshadowing moments in the early season that just get the payoffs and you're like oh mm -hmm. oh that that is so smart the way that they did that and like there's a again 
There's another example of that we will talk about a little later on, but having this come out and be like, yeah, it's my favorite trope. My favorite trope is the reluctant allies Mm -hmm. or even enemies to lovers trope is such a fun trope. You have Amelia, who is the paranormal girl who loves aliens and ghosts and cryptids and whatever. And you have Ollie, the logical, scientific non-believer. And to have them end up being together is just like, yep, this is great. It's it's, it's, it's It's like a modern day Mulder and Scully. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's like it's like the kids version of Mulder and Scully. That's That's a good analogy. That is for you X-Files fans out there or for you even know what we're talking about. Who knows how young or old. I love how well they did this, though, too. Yes, it was a nice, like realistic slow burn. Mm -hmm. The actors did such a good job with it. And this isn't to like knock on Dino Charge or anything like that. Sure, sure, sure. But they just kind of like shoved Tyler and Shelby together there for a mm-hmm. little bit. And it didn't seem like there was actually any anything like. No chemistry. Yeah. There, there was, was no, no chem- build up, no chemistry. Right. It was yeah. just like, oh, we have to put the red and the pink rangers together because that's the main boy and the main girl. But no, this was like actually like really well done. And the story behind it was was mm-hmm. nice. The build up. You got to see how much they really cared for each other. During the episode where Amelia is is despondent that, oh, Ollie doesn't actually like me like that. Like it triggered an emotion in me of like, oh, honey, no, he does like you. Like I actually felt the empathy of like, no, oh, please work out. Cause this is, this, this, <laughs> this ship is too cute. I can't let it go. And so, yeah, I just, it was great. And I'll also just say, I really loved how they did the whole evil ranger oh, aspect yes. in this episode. Yeah. Because the evil ranger can be such a trope onto itself. And it can always be like, usually it's just so corny. And right. it's like, oh, they've got glowing eyes, whatever. But it was just really well done here. Yeah. The reason I like this evil Ollie aspect was it called back to when Lord Zed first appeared and Ollie was the one to help defeat him. So it's almost like Lord Zed is getting back at Ollie. Mm-hmm. And he even says, this will teach you to call me radiator face, which was all the way back to that comment that Ollie made when yeah. Lord Zed was first introduced. So the fact that Lord Zed is so vindictive that he remembers that comment just to throw it back in Ollie's face when he has the upper hand is another great callback. It's another way to tie the season together. And Lord Zed makes his appearance known at, at Area 62, and he says, these are my generals, the, the Scissorai and Scrozzle. We find out that Scrozzle is the only one left of, of the Evox army. And they even mentioned the Crystal Dimension because Scrozzle was able to reclaim the Z-Staff, which we last saw in the Crystal Dimension with that monster mash episode. Yeah. Which was the evil villain clip show, which was very well done. Yeah. So there's stuff that's even paying off from the previous show is so great. And I think if there was a a kid that's watching, maybe they started with Ninja Steel and they saw the anniversary season and they're like, oh, maybe I'll check out the next one. And Beast Morphers are like, wow, there's so many references to the past. And then... The payoff in Dino Fury, it's like, whoa, Mick's back? The Grid Battle Force Rangers are back? What's happening? Yeah. That It feels like that Zordon era of storytelling. Like when we were younger and like Adam showed back up on InSpace. Exactly. 
Yeah. It's like that, but for, but for a new generation. Yep. And also for longtime fans, we're like, man, they're really connecting everything together with Dino Fury. Continuity is really nice. It's really good. <laughs> So the whole fight with, with Ollie against uh, the, the Rangers was also well done. Like, I love that whole villain fight. Scissorai. Isn't this the episode where Amelia uses the, the bike? Is it? Is it? Uh, I thought so. Let me look into that. No, no I'll take back my... <laughs> I'll take back my statement. Yeah. Um, in the episode, and, and Izzy also played such a great role in this because she figured out what was going on, like yeah. between mm-hmm. Ollie lying and Amelia. And she says it from the beginning. She says, Ollie, look, if you tell Amelia the truth, everything's going to turn out fine. And Ollie being Ollie, he overthinks everything and's like, oh, no, it's too late. I can't. No, I can't do that. Mm. And that's what leaves him open to Lord Zed and, and turning evil. Just such a great, great episode. Like, there's a lot going on here. And then they get Ollie back, and he's unconscious, and they're like, oh, my God, you know, what wakes up humans? And then Zach, take it away. What's what's this moment? What's happening? Oh, God. I actually don't remember. Does she kiss him? They almost kiss, but then they're interrupted. Right, because that's another trope that just <laughs> the the interrupted almost kiss. Yeah, I haven't watched the episode since I first watched uh, him, so a, I don't here's remember. Amelia confessed her feelings for him, and he woke up because it shocked him. <sighs> That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe maybe a rewatch should it should have been on the. I mean, it's the, on the, the ring. Just just pull up the Ranger Wiki article. It's like right on there, and just pretend like you remember. <laughs> Basically, he's unconscious. And she confesses that, I don't know what I do without you. I have something I need to tell you. And I never got the chance. And he actually ends up waking up because she says, the truth is, I like you. I really do. He wakes up and he hears that. He's like, did you just, did you just say you like me? And then that's, they almost kiss. And then it's interrupted. And it was such a well acted moment between Hunter Dino and Kai Moya. And it was such a buildup of just ever since literally the first episode, they, they have been the focus from the beginning. And I loved how all the other team members caught them almost kissing. And they're all like, Ooh, what you doing? (laughs) What's going on? It's such a great moment. And Zach, I, I hope you feel Totally vindicated. Oh, yeah. No, it, listen, it cements my belief. Dino Fury is a romantic comedy. All right. You had the manic pixie dream girl meets the like logical kind of boring guy. I don't mean boring. Ali is not boring. Right, right, right. Just, you know. And then they had their meet cute and then like they became <laughs> friends and now they're a couple. And yeah, it just it's awesome. And then we get the really big reveal at the end. Mm-hmm. Is that Ollie remembers that, wait, I have all my memories. Like I have all my memories of when I was brainwashed. I know Lord Zed's plan. Yeah. And so Zato is able to read his mind and see everything. And Ollie downloaded the data about Rafcon from Dinohenge, gave the USB stick to Scrozzle, and then it combined the message with the one Zed found and the three parts of the message combined to the complete message that gives off the coordinates of Rafcon, which is the 
Onyx Nebula. Onyx, hello. That's uh, kind of a callback to the Onyx planet. Mm-hmm. Another deep cut. And then Zato tells Ion he knows where their planet is, but also Lord Zed. We're going to get that chase into space. Vindication. <laughs> yeah, the moment I saw that happen, I was like, yep, that's one for two so far. I want to go back and find the episode where I called this and I called the um, <laughs> Amelia being an alien. Oh, you should. And her parents being Tarek and Santora. Because I'm not entirely sure that that was my idea. I feel like you suggest that and I went along with it. Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, then I'm one for one and you're one for one. I honestly don't remember. I, I don't remember. I swear. Because I feel like you're the one that brought up the, the whole thing of like, oh, she likes the alien cake when the other people don't like it. Maybe that means she's an alien. And I feel like I piggybacked off that idea. Sorry, I literally don't. I don't remember. I'm not like. I mean, I guess you. that would be our episode review. I'm trying to think of it. And I'm like, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if that's the episode we were talking about, then I assume it would be our, our review episode of that batch of episodes. So I, I do know out. that like in the second episode, I was like, Izzy's giving me like mad Kelsey vibes. And then like <laughs> that paid off. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a good season. Like so much more than I ever thought it would be. Definitely a top three. Oh, okay, I'm back. Welcome back. All right, AP, want to take the next one? Definitely. Let me pull that back up. All right. So episode 14 was Rafcon Revealed. It was the 14th episode of Dino Fury Season 2 and the 36th episode overall. And it features the debut of Nullai and the final appearance of Scissorai. It was a story by Becca Barnes and Alwyn Dale, teleplay by Maya Thompson, and directed by Chris Graham. And the summary is that the rangers headed to Rafcon to stop Lord Zed, but because of a prophecy, Ion takes unnecessary risks. Oh, man. This felt like the culmination of everything, and it's right in the title. Rafcon is finally revealed after 65 million years, mm-hmm. Zedo and Ion are finally able to go back to their planet. It was such a beautiful episode, too. The cinematography in this one was just fantastic. It really felt like it took advantage of the New Zealand landscape, especially Mm -hmm. with that drone shot. Yeah, that was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. A great location that I don't think we've seen in Power Rangers before. Obviously, we've seen parts of that landscape like you know the forests and and stuff that ever since ninja storm all the way back in in 2003 and it was such a treat to see almost it felt like a shot that they would do during the disney era you know what i mean oh yeah it's not the quarry or the city center it seems like that's all we have been seeing most recently in particular and i know we're jumping around a bit but it it really was the scene of them on the top of that ridge. And then Zato remembers what the city looked like. Yeah. And I really have to give the props to the effects team for that super imposing view, because as Zato was describing it, all the locations started to highlight just really well done. But all that aside, I was more holy cow over the fact that they replicated the Zed eye beam 
from the eye beam effect from Mighty Morphin yeah. Power Rangers. I was like, yeah. oh my god, they did the beam eye beam thing. That attention to detail mm -hmm. is just so good. It was so good. And I really love this as an Ion episode. Oh, yeah. Because we talked about so many times the the trauma that was affected on both Zato and Ion. And mm. really, at the end of the day, I mean, a lot of this falls on Zato's shoulders because Ion originally wanted to stop. He didn't want to use the Sporex generator. Mm -hmm. And when the Green Morphin Master told him in his debut episode back in season one that he would be the key to stopping Lord Zed and then us not knowing what that meant. Okay. So is, is Lord Zed coming back? What's going to happen? And he took that prophecy literally like he felt like he was the one, no one else. Mm -hmm. It kind of hit home for me because sometimes, and I'm sure other people feel like this too, but sometimes it feels like the weight of the world is on our shoulders and it doesn't have to be. Yep. Yeah. There's other people that we can rely on and it's something I struggle with too. And I loved how laser focused Ion was to a fault. That was the whole point of this episode to a fault. He was willing to sacrifice himself when he didn't need to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I loved that he kept pushing the point, like the prophecy, the prophecy to the point where it annoyed the other Rangers. It annoyed Izzy. Okay. We get it. The prophecy, whatever, like, okay. The green morph master, we get it. And I love that because the writing I thought was really on point where the characters are almost speaking for the audience in a way like, okay, Ion, yeah, you're so focused on it. Like what's <laughs> the deal. And at the end of the episode, when we fast forward, because I mean, the fights were amazing. Oh, the yeah. battle was great. The effects yeah. were amazing. And what ends up happening is that they are able to find the Sporex generator and Lord Zed and Scrozzle get to the control panel during the fight. And Scrozzle makes his repairs. They're still attacking each other. And Zed fires this amazing beam because he has the full power of the Z staff now. And it demorphs the Gold Ranger. Zato uses the shield key to protect Zato. That blast, which Zato is able to deflect because of the shield key, destroys Scizori. Ollie comes in with the freeze battle armor, which is great. And Zed keeps pushing the attack and it affects Zato and knocks him out. He passes out. Zed is about to power up another attack and all the Rangers are trying to protect Ion and Zato. And then this energy field surrounds the Rangers, protects them from Zed and then teleports them in balls of light. And we're like, what the hell just happened? Mm -hmm. That was crazy. The Rangers arrive and are teleported to Dino Henge, and Zato's completely unconscious. Ion blames himself. He, he feels like it's all about the prophecy. And then Amelia says that feeling sorry for himself will not help Zato. So they're questioning, like, well, how do we get to Earth? Like, what just happened? And how can we get back to Rafcon? And then the Green Morphin Master shows up. And that was the episode. And we're like, 
what? Like that's the yeah. cliffhanger. That's the best middle part of a cliffhanger of a three part story that we've had in a long while. The first episode kind of sets up the general plot. This episode is all about that plot. And then you get that twist and that climax at the end. And you're like, how are they going to resolve this? And also beyond that, beyond the A plot, the Ranger, lovely Bravcon reveal. Oh, we get the nerf fight. The B plot was also really, really good. It was. And we kind of glossed over that, but I loved episode 14 because I even tweeted out, I think at one point, I'm like, Oh, this is basically Hasbro's Nerf commercial episode. <laughs> but it turns out it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Because Simon Bennett did confirm that those were not Nerf blasters that they used. And it wasn't like a mandated product placement. But it's like, come yeah. on. But, yeah. yeah, it wasn't a mandated product placement, but I felt like I got it. Yeah. But no, that was a genuinely funny plot. Like, I love the idea of almost like a corporate game. And half the company is on one team and half the company is the other. Uh, mm-hmm. What a fun team building exercise. I know there's lots of people at my job that I would want to shoot in the face with a Nerf dart. <laughs> oh I, I have to clarify with oh a Nerf my. dart. But no, I, I think that's such a fun team building exercise. And before Simon clarified it, I'm like, come on, this has to be a Nerf product placement. And and it wasn't. I was proven wrong by him. But yeah. but still, I think it's kind of funny that in a, a, a Hasbro-owned season, there is a Nerf-like battle, and they're doing all the crazy Nerf shots, which would fit in any Nerf commercial that Hasbro could put out. You mm. could take clips of Jane and Jay Borg diving and throw like a Nerf logo over. And I think someone did on Twitter. Like I think someone <laughs> made a Nerf commercial out of that footage. So um, it's, it was just great. It was such a good kind of like showcasey moment for Jane and Jay Borg too. Yeah. I feel like they are some of the most entertaining comedic duo characters that we've received in, in like a long time. And they're not annoying. They've got their corny nope. moments, but they're not annoying. And the actors are, and this also is not to say that the other actors were bad. No, no, no. no they were actually really good because they worked with that material. Mm-hmm. And that takes the talent of a saint. But they're really good characters and they deserve more credit. Like, I, I wish they were in the opening credits almost. And that's what kills me because when they showed that blooper reel during the, the Hasbro PulseCon interview with the Dino Fury cast. Mm-hmm you saw that they filmed credits for Jane and Jay Borg and they were cut. And that makes me mad because those, those actresses deserve the hell out of an opening title card and maybe they'll get it. Maybe they'll bring it back for cosmic fury. They absolutely should. I hope so. They deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from that, huge props to the effects team, not only for all the space effects for the planet effects, for the cinematography crew, for everyone on the CGI, the Morphin Master, like everything. Yeah. To like Russell Curry for just portraying that raw emotion. Oh man. Him describing that entire valley and their home and, and the moment between him and Ion was really genuine. And I used to really not like Ion because 
he seemed like just a goofy six ranger. And this episode was such a great turning point for him. Absolutely. It was fantastic. It was like Ion's, I mean, Ion's consistently like grown up throughout his entire um, term on the show so far. But this episode was like a really good turning point for him. Mm -hmm. It explained a lot of his motivations and he got to go back to Rafcon and deal with those memories. I feel like this was like the capstone on his like because his characterization in the past could basically be summed up as Ion, don't do the thing. You're going to regret it. And him going, I'm going to do the thing and then regretting it. But with this, it's like he wants to prove himself. He wants to be the hero, the savior to take care of Lord Zed and him trying to do what he thinks is the selfless sacrifice and then being proven like, hey, no, we're all in this together. You don't have to do that. Like you Mm -hmm. can rely on other people. It's nice to see that characterization change and get that satisfying arc. Just another note, this whole series, I've gotten like Doctor Who vibes every now and then. Yeah. This episode, I got some major ones, like the doctor going back to Gallifrey for the first yep. time. It's yeah. like coming back to your home base that you thought was gone forever and realizing that it's not coming to terms with all those emotions, showing them all. It was perfection. I loved it. Yeah. Rafcon revealed, I'm so glad we got the answers that, that we've been waiting for for a season and a half. And we got to see Rafcon, the weird notion that there's no life on the planet, even though it's pretty much a paradise right now, it's, it's overgrown. So it answered some questions, but also opened up others, which mm-hmm. will still pay off in future episodes. Mm-hmm. Where did the Rafconians go? Are they extinct? Are Ion and Zato the only ones left of, of their species? And they even talk about that. Like, we're probably the last ones. And just brilliant acting with Jordan Fight and Russell Curry. I have to give them huge props. And really the entire cast, they've really been laser focused and really into their roles. And I feel like this is genuinely a great Power Ranger series. And I'm so glad that we get to see more of this cast into Cosmic Fury, Mm -hmm. just spending a little bit more time with these characters in a brand new situation can really push their characters even further. Mm -hmm. And all hope is lost ending that this felt like Zato was unconscious. They didn't know how they were going to get back to Rafcon, let alone waking Zato. And then the green Morphin master appears and tells them everything's going to be all right. And all the Rangers are in awe and we do the fade to black. I was like, I got to watch the next one because there's no way (laughs) that I can leave on that cliffhanger. I have to know what happens next. Oh, yeah. And we'll get to that last episode because that's the last episode that we have to review. But I felt just in these first three episodes of season two, part two, it felt like there was a shift in the tone. It felt like there was a shift in storytelling. And I remember when we interviewed Simon Bennett earlier this year, he said, these last 11 episodes are going to answer everything and more. He was right. He wasn't lying about that. Like (laughs) every single one of these episodes pays off something from before and continues the story and pushes it forward. And it felt like a tonal shift from the previous half seasons. It feels so much more like cinematic, so much more grand. I keep bringing up the effects team, but the effects team 
kept polishing these episodes and to see them on HD and Netflix on the big screen TV, it feels like you're watching a high quality production because you Mm -hmm. are, because the crew and the cast behind the scenes in front of the camera and behind, they're all working a hundred percent. No one wants to produce a bad show. And I, I think more fans need to realize that you may not agree critically with all of their choices, but you'll be sure that the people in New Zealand that work on this show and have been employed by Power Ranger Productions for the past almost 20 years, that is a testament to the crew and the stunt actors and performers and the visual effects team. I mean, Carol Petrie at PRP VFX has been visual effects and in part in some way of the visual effects for Power Rangers since the beginning, since Ninja Storm. And over the years, her position has elevated and now she's in that senior position for visual effects. If the reason that, you know, this was delayed for, for international and then, you know, eventually to, to Netflix was because they were really making those graphics shine. This is one of the episodes where the graphics really pay off. And I have to highlight the effects team because without them, this show doesn't work narratively either. Mm -hmm. A couple notes about Rafcon revealed the package containing members of J Borg's team has a picture of a horse on it, which is inspired by the story of the Trojan horse, which the Greeks used to sneak into Troy and rescue Helen of Troy. I thought that was a nice touch. I'm like, Jane, you really need to brush up on your history. And also both Jane and J Borg break the fourth wall in this episode when they are talking to the viewers about their yearly capture the flag game and strategies. And it's almost like we're the buzz blast audience, which I thought was a nice touch. I love the way Mm -hmm. they framed that. Yeah. So now we're going to go on to the last episode of this chunk that we're reviewing episode 15 Morphin master 15th episode of power Rangers dino fury season two and 37th episode overall. This episode concludes the three-part story of Lord Zed's Sporex plan and is the final appearance of boom blaster. This also features the dino master saber and the gold ranger dino master mode. Story by Alan Dale and Becca Barnes, teleplay by Maya Thompson, and just like the last episode, this was directed by Chris Graham. The other Morphin Masters are angry to discover that the green Morphin Master has broken their vow to never intervene in mortal affairs. But when the Rangers and the green Morphin Master work together, the Morphin Masters have a change of heart. We had such a lore dump in this episode. It was so good. It answered so many questions, like so yeah. many, I guess, quote unquote, loose ends from past episodes, mm-hmm. past moments in the series. It explained so much. Let's break down Morphin Master because there was so much to unpack with this episode. This is supposed to be the clip show. Obviously, with season two, there's no Halloween special. There was no Christmas special. We got a Valentine's Day special, which is nice with, with what we talked about with love, hate, but according to Simon, this was the clip show episode. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Because you have all the effects of the Morphin masters and you just have such a tight story with this clip show. And 
it doesn't feel like a clip show. Yes, they, there are clips, but the story is so integrated to the lore of just Power Rangers to this 30 year universe. Yeah. Which I didn't care that this was a lore dump because I'm like, wow, they're really connecting everything. And to the point, it almost became a me. Well, it was a meme in the fandom. Like, oh, the green, it was, it was the green Morphin Master. This was like the episode that people were just willy nilly with spoilers on. And I actually uh, had to mute like yeah. I was getting spoiled. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, I literally, I literally had to mute the term green Morphin Master. Yeah. Because Same. it was getting bad. And we're not going to have this problem next year because we found out with PulseCon and, and we're going to reiterate it that Cosmic Fury is going to drop on the same date for everyone worldwide on one date. Yep. There are going to be no international spoilers. We are going into this fandom globally blind. We're going in blind. We're literally finding out things together. Finally, after a decade of international spoilers, after everything that's been spoiled for, for on the U.S. side. And look, I'm not going to get into spoiler wars. That's all due to licensing and, and viewing rights in different markets across the globe. So now that it's all under Netflix and Cosmic Fury is a Netflix exclusive season, just like Dino Fury season two was, again, they had contracts to fulfill. Now, Cosmic Fury dropping all on the same day for everyone at the same time, and then it's going to air in international markets. This is my ideal scenario that I've been waiting years for. This is what we've all wanted for a long time. A long time. Let's get into this. The Green Morpha Master says that she did not want to see Lord Zed destroy them, so she protected them in that crystal bubble and teleported them back to Dino Henge. Ion begs Master Green to help Zato, and she restores him to full health. But they still have to stop Zed because he is still on Rafcon with the Sporex generator. And Ion brings up the prophecy again, like, hey, I didn't, I didn't defeat Lord Zed. But she says that the team lacks the proper arsenal to do so. And she creates the Dino Master Saber. Mm -hmm. And this is important. It allows one of them to activate Dino Master Armor and has an ultimate attack that uses all of the power of all of their Zords. But if they use that attack, it causes the wielder to be destroyed along with their enemy. And Amelia is, is very passionate that they don't use this. Yeah, this is this is a high stakes. You don't hear of this kind of thing in the Power Rangers universe ever. Like, this is big. Yep. This is like a world-ending type of weapon. It's, it's the ultimate weapon, and it, it's so powerful that it can destroy the user. It's like a nuclear bomb, but in Power Rangers world. It's like <laughs> your absolute last resort that you should never use ever. Yep. But we get another portal. And holy crap, here comes the blue Morphin Master. And he said that the red Morphin Master sent him to track down Master Green because she broke the code to never interfere in the lives of mortals. And we get an epic speech by Zato because he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you talking about interfering with the lives of mortals? Because he's like, look, 
I've been studying this Ranger database that we have, and there's things in here that I can't even explain. And there's stuff that us as an audience hasn't been able to explain. Mm-hmm. And Zeta almost calls him out on it because he's like, well, you did interfere when you created our team to fight the Sporex all those years ago. But Master Blue explains that when they created the Power Ranger teams, it gave rise to new threats. And years after the Great Sporex Wars, powerful villains hunted some of the other Morphin Masters. Some of the Masters were destroyed. I think that's why we only see green, blue, and red. And those who survived, who I just mentioned, dedicate their lives to protect the Morphing Grid. And they went into hiding and made a vow never to interfere. But we get all these examples of Master Green breaking that promise. And I just want to say this even connects to the lore of the comics. It, re- it really does. There's been a lot of talk in the comics lately about the Morphin Masters. We had the whole Power Rangers universe miniseries that dealt with the Morphin Masters. And there's so many things that you can connect the dots between the comics and the TV show. And it's that great brand synergy ever since the first episode or first couple episodes of Dino Fury and they first showed off the Morphin Masters. I've been intrigued to know more. This episode answered so many questions. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are loopholes. Uh, the fandom went meme crazy with like the green Morphin Master did it. <laughs> and maybe she did. <laughs> like, honestly. Yeah. And maybe she did. But it was also a point that Simon Bennett made, which was interesting for me for Cosmic Fury, because he said, yeah, we made the Morphin Masters all powerful. So how do we take them off the board for Cosmic Fury? So I don't think the Morphin Masters are giving them a free pass anymore. I think whatever happens when they get these new powers, I think it's without the Morphin Masters' help. And I don't want to speculate too much um, into the finale of, of Dino Fury because we're not there yet. But even this episode not only answered questions, but left us wanting more. And... For Simon Bennett to say, oh, yeah, this was one of the clip shows. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like a clip show done right. I felt like the monster episode from Beast Morphers, the monster clip show. I thought that was a clip show done right. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as it's not Santa saying, well, you've been a good boy this year, Rangers, and here's how you did it. (laughs) I hated that because we got that that in Dino Charge. We got that in Ninja Steel. It's it's proof that a clip show doesn't have to be obviously a clip show. Yes. Yeah. Because I would not have known this was a clip show unless someone told me. I wouldn't have known. To me, this is a clip show done right. Yeah, the first instance that Zato brings up is literally from the previous season with Grid Connection, when Devin was struck by the meteor, grabbed the power coin, and summoned Jason, the original Red Power Ranger. Even Ollie says that the other Ranger teams heard him and came to his defense. And they bring up Evox and the fact that Steel sacrificed his existence And we got that in Beast Morphers where, oh, all of a sudden he turned into real boy. (laughs) So what is that other than the power of the green Morphin Master? Like even in Beast Morphers, we thought that was like, that's kind of out of left field. But now we know why. Yeah. Now we know why. And now we know it explained legendary battle. That's the next thing I'm bringing up. Okay. Because I'm going beat for beat here. 
Okay. The blue Morpha master at this point is intrigued because he's, he tells Zadon or, or yeah, he, Zadon. I want to combine Zado and Zordon. Zado and Zordon. Wow. Uh, Zadon. Yeah. That, okay. So the blue master is like, Hmm, you have my attention. Tell me more. Like, it's kind of like the, well, you piqued my interest. You might as well uh, continue. So Zado asks, well, have you heard of the legendary battle? Like, like, okay. No he's heard of it you know what i mean like of course he has and i love how they tie this back because they show the clip of the legendary battle you see all of the power rangers they don't show jdf except from the back of his head but they show part of the legendary battle and it god it puts the legendary battle way back into perspective get as much use of that footage as you can because it's still it's still good i will say when they did the um there was that the ninja shot where it was all the ninja based teams doing their attacks. I remember they kind of dubbed JDF's like Hiaz over uh cam, the samurai ranger. They redid the audio for that scene. Nice. <laughs> so you don't hear the JDF like, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a nice little attention to detail, but they still didn't fix the titanium rangers visor. They did not. <laughs> so, <laughs> So Zato confirms this footage shows that once they saved the Rangers disappeared in balls of light and all of us thought, yeah, that's kind of weird. Like why did they, did they all just <laughs> teleport away? What was that? No, it was because the entire time and they connected it in the previous episode because they used the same teleport beam effect, just like legendary battle the little yellow balls of light that transported the Rangers from Rafcon to the base. Amazing attention to detail by the VFX team to match the teleportation with the new footage and connect it all back to the green Morphin master. And it makes sense. Legendary battle. They literally needed all of the past power Rangers to stop the armada. And I can't think of a bigger threat to earth than that. And I love the fact that the green Morphin master was like, all right, I'm going to give you every power ranger. And then once your mission's done, you're going right back to your homes or whatever. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. I think it solves a lot of the issues. I think that people had with Canon. I was just going to say it does. It does tie up a lot of those weird loose ends that people mm -hmm. were having issues with. And I love that they took the opportunity that these writers took the opportunity to explain those past, what we thought as, as mistakes. And Amelia says, what you did was amazing. And so on as well, was there other times that you did this? And the green Morphin master just did a vague. Yes. I did what I could to fight evil and save lives. The fandom made a meme of it, but, <laughs> but there are other instances that you can apply to. There's so many examples of where there's these beings that have great power. And I think the Morphin masters, because for the longest time, ever since my Morphin, we, we didn't get a lot of lore established with the Morphin masters. It was just, there like, was no like real explanation for why any of this was a thing. Right. It just was. And 
the comics took that opportunity to expand on that lore and to fill in those gaps to the point where these Morpha masters in the show are, are inspired by uh, the Praetor design work from beyond the grid, which was like three, four years ago at this point. So I love how they're tying these different universes together. And it's really impressive that this episode was such a great clip show and they're teleported back. So that kind of ends the portion of the clip show, but even though blue saw all this, the morph blue morph master saw this footage, he was still insistent on his mission to punish the green Morphin master. And she pieced out of there. She teleported out. She sends the Rangers on, on the way and she has a final word with Morphin master blue. He tries to zap her. She pieces out and it destroys poor Solon's mushrooms. I love that Solon quips back at the blue Morphin master. And then he just says, well, the green Morphin master can't run forever. And now we're back to Lord Zed. I loved everything with the Morphin Masters. It was great. Yeah. It was, it was more than I had ever hoped for. Yeah. This is the final climatic battle, or so we think, with, with Lord Zed. So Scrozzle and Lord Zed teleport the generator off of Rafcon. And when they do that, it starts to destabilize the planet. The Rangers teleport back to their megazord which was still floating in space which is a great <laughs> detail like it's just floating there uh, and, and i love that and rafcon is completely destroyed oh, it's such mm-hmm. a heartbreaking end sad i teared up honestly mm-hmm. oh this is the episode where amelia rides the cycle Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry I, I knew it was in this batch somewhere zato is so crushed like i love the fact that he basically just drops to his knees in the Zord cockpit. We don't get any crying or anything because they're in their suits, but Ion reminds Zato that they can still save Earth. That gives Zato hope and it gives him purpose again because Earth has been Zato's home for technically 65 million years. Yes, they grew up on Rafcon, but over the past year and a half on, on Dino Fury, they've come to appreciate the human people and They've integrated and they've made friends and they've got jobs and they're spending cash. Like they're eating good food. And do they miss home? Of of course they do. But I think I saw some observations that, oh, why isn't Zato and Ian more broken up about it? Well, they are, but at the same time, they thought there was no one left on the planet. Anyway, all of their scans said, no one was around. It was just like a paradise and they were just wondering where the people at. So yeah, the planet was destroyed, but it wasn't the planet they knew, but it wasn't the planet they knew earth is the planet that they knew. Mm -hmm. And now they have to fight to protect earth. And I, I love that story beat because you expect Zato to be more broken up, but I was fine with him dropping to his knees because that's still like a holy crap. That was that was where I was born. That's where the cities were at. But mm-hmm. I felt like they were starting to process that in the last episode because all of the cities were gone after 65 million years. Look, I think we've all seen Discovery Channel's like 
you know, what happens after like, humans with, after people or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they all say like all of these buildings will be destroyed in like a couple centuries. We're talking 65 million years. There's layers of sediment and rock. I mean, not to get all scientific, but even on earth, like there's fossilized seabed that's in the Rocky mountains. You know what I mean? Like, like earth has completely changed. And and the fact that they were able to still identify a Valley that their main town was in was almost a miracle on itself, but they go back to save earth. And again, Zato brings up the prophecies. Like I have to be the one to do it. And we just get this amazing sequence between Lord Zed and the Rangers and the Void family and, and everyone fighting. It was a great sequence. We had all the generals fighting against the Rangers, um, against Boom Tower. The Gold Ranger uses the new Dino Saber and becomes um, the new armored version, which I know it's in the Sentai, but even in the original footage, this suit looks clean. It looks awesome. Yeah. This whole fight was so jam-packed and i loved how the rangers paired off and were fighting the villains one by one Uh, it was so kinetic and it felt amazing because it's the type of action that i love to see and it almost felt like a finale fight yeah and the fact that we're only getting it four episodes in to the second half of the season i mean this was just this was great this whole fight was was excellent, and I love the new footage. I love the combination with with the Sentai footage. It, it's so seamless, and and every year it gets harder and harder to tell what's what. I love that entire fight against Boom Tower or whatever he's calling himself now, Boom Blaster or, or whatever, and they destroy Nulli. Everything about this fight was great. Everything. And then this is the moment that I remember because it's so (laughs) out of left field because all of the Rangers are, you know, downed by Void King and Nulli. And they're like, wait, don't you have a pink Ranger? And Ollie's like, pink Ranger. I don't think we ever had one. He's like, oh yeah, (laughs) look behind you. Freaking Amelia is using the Dino Fury cycle. I love this. Mm-hmm. she got to use that armor all the way back in the day. I love this whole moment for Amelia. It was great. It's nice when other Rangers get to use the big dumb bike and not just mm-hmm. the red one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also fun when certain side characters get to use the big dumb bike. And yes. that's, that's later on. Yes. <laughs> Spoilers. So Void King and Nulli leave. Amelia joins the rest of the team. And now they're going to fight Scrozzle and, and Zed. Scrozzle completely does a Scrozzle thing and pieces the hell out. Yep. <laughs> which I loved. Like, run and live and fight another day. And so Lord Zed is just waiting for this Sporex Generator power-up and forms this huge bubble. We get this epic scene where they all try to use their dino keys. I freaking loved this team mm-hmm. all armored up. What an amazing effect. They use all of their ultimate attacks. It's still not enough for the shield. And all of the Rangers are in their gorgeous battle armor. It looks amazing. Ion wants to use the ultimate attack. And Ollie's like, you're going to be destroyed. But Ion is still so determined to do the prophecy. And 
to me, it almost felt like I thought we learned this lesson, but he thinks that he's fulfilling the prophecy because he has the ultimate weapon. And then we get the green Morphin Master and she blasts away Lord Zed's shield and they start to pair off. They're like doing a Dragon Ball Z blast. And, <laughs> and now you realize how powerful Lord Zed is. He can go toe to toe with a Morphin Master. This is the Lord Zed we never really got to see in my oh, Morphin. Yeah. Oh, we got to see it in the comics. And that's what yeah. I like. Yeah. that Because yeah. like the whole Altarian War shed, you know, all this backstory on Lord Zed. And remember, this is the resurrected Lord Zed that was the most evil from his time. Remember that quote? Like he was pulled during his most evil and powerful moment. So the fact that the Morphin Master is going toe to toe and 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 almost loses but that gives ion his opening and he's able to bust up lord zed and weaken him and that gives the green morphin master the opportunity to trap him and her in this weird crystal thing and that's the prop that simon bennett showed off last year exactly because it was the 1027 event. And remember he did that little interview and he had the Lord Zed and green Morphin master maquettes. And we all thought, Oh, that's, you know, that's for the behind the scenes. That's how they designed it. No, these were literally the same dolls that were, they used <laughs> and trapped in that crystal. And it's like, Simon was telling us the, the whole time. <laughs> yeah. How do you plain sight? You gotta love it. Mm -hmm. I, I loved everything about this episode. This was an epic end to this four episodes. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. Loved absolutely everything about it. Right at the end, the red Morphin Master joins. The Morphin Masters realize the error of their ways, and they pull out the green Morphin Master from the crystal. And even they're impressed that Lord Zed has, has trapped. They kind of realize that they were too hard on master green and they take her out and Lord Zed is trapped in this crystal. Who knows? Maybe that'll be dealt with in cosmic fury. <laughs> it sets up another plot point and the Morphin masters peace out and the Rangers kind of have their victory moment. That's how we end the episode. And it does tie up the whole prophecy thing for Ion. Yes. He's realized that the prophecy, and that's what Master Green said, because he, he asked her, well, what was the deal with the prophecy? And she said that you were instrumental in stopping Zed, but you didn't have to do it alone. It ties up the whole arc for Ion. I absolutely love this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This wasn't a clip show. Simon may consider it a clip show, but no. Clip shows aren't pivotal. Yeah. This is yeah. such a pivotal moment yeah. in the entire franchise, even because mm -hmm. it explains so much. It's more world building than we've gotten in a very probably long time. Like a long time, maybe even ever. Yeah. Because it explains so much. Yeah. What a way to wrap up this chunk of episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Back in the Disney era, this feels like something they would have put out as a Dark Wish style movie. Yes. Yeah. Or an epic SPD two-parter. Yeah. This could have been a movie, honestly. Yeah. This could have been like a mid-season finale. Yeah. I love how it ups the stakes, too. The next batch of episodes are even grander. 
Mm-hmm. Like we're not going to get into that, but like these episodes are so grand and then it just keeps getting better from here. Like this yeah. really was such a nice launching point for the rest of the season. It keeps building the momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the type of storytelling that I wish we got in Ninja Steel. Yeah. This is the type of storytelling I wish we got in Super Mega Force. And I'm not trying to disparage those seasons, but Dino Fury feels like an anniversary season without being an anniversary season. Now we're getting the anniversary season with Cosmic Fury. And I feel like if this chunk of 11 episodes is what Cosmic Fury's chunk of 10 episodes is going to be on the same energy, why isn't it next year yet? Yeah, bring it on. Yeah. I want it now. Yeah. I need it in my eyeballs. They are literally filming it as we record this. They are on set. They've been doing screen tests the past couple of days. They're probably doing all the photo shoots for the Cosmic Fury suits. I am so excited for this cast. I am so happy for them mm-hmm. and to see their videos on Instagram and how happy they are to be back and how excited they are just to be in a new studio. I'm so excited for them. I'm excited to see what little tidbits of behind the scenes that they might tease. They started that new behind the scenes like official account too. We've never had something like that. And we never had that before. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that they continue to post about this because it's just really, really good. It is. This is everything I've ever kind of wanted out of Power Rangers. Yeah. And I mean, I'll get more into it after we review the last, the final batch of episodes. Mm -hmm. But honestly, this is probably my favorite season out of Mm. the, or the favorite, my favorite series out of the entire franchise. Like, I'm sorry, Lightspeed Rescue, but like. Wow. You're done. This is it for me. Wow, dethrone! I never thought I would live to see. The I day. kind of, ins- <laughs> I sort of insinuated it, and I think in a past episode of the podcast, but I was never really solidified on it until I watched the back half of season two. Yeah, wow. this like, is, I, is definitely a top three series for me. This is like- this is the top series for me now because it just gives me so much of kind of what I've always wanted out of the franchise. It's got great character building moments. Just great characterization, Mm -hmm. the cinematic energy, all the different plot points that they've hit, and the emotion, and just everything they've given us. This is good. This isn't even just good Power Rangers. This is actually like just good television. Mm -hmm. It really, it Mm -hmm. really is. Exactly. And it did everything I wanted it to do and more. Yep. I never expected the Morphin Masters to be this involved with literally the episode title being Morphin Master, it just showcases how important this this episode is. And this whole mini three-parter is great. We can gush about this all day, but I think we're going to have to end it just for my sake of, of editing. <laughs> AP, do you want to plug uh, your socials? Uh, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at Secret Ranger Fan on Twitter. It's about it. I do want to say, just to give a shout out to... Kai Moya, he was on one of my favorite television shows this week. What? He had a pretty pivotal guest role on NCIS Hawaii. And really, I recommend everybody check it out because he was fantastic in it. Was that this newest episode? Yeah, the newest episode. And also just check out NCIS Hawaii. It's such a good show. Okay. It's not like the other NCIS shows. It's genuinely like really, really good. 
But he was really good on the show this week. And I just wanted to give him a shout out. He's for that. from Hawaii. Yeah. That's it, it was perfect. It was so good. Do they it's, film in Hawaii? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's all on location stuff. They oh. use a lot of local talent. That's awesome. I, I think you would actually really like it, Eric, but that's a whole nother story. Um, okay. Yeah. That's a conversation for another time. But I just <laughs> wanted to give him a shout out while we're recording so that other Ranger fans can check him out on the show because he did oh, really right. well. And he deserves like all the props for that. So awesome. Zach, where can people find you? What what are you up to lately? So yeah, I am on Twitter at Zach Lavoy. I'm on TikTok, uh, Hollywood Zach. I'm playing D D on Monday nights with uh Dave Fielding, aka Zordon himself. Uh we play on twitch.tv slash Seorion Chronicles, I believe. It might be D and D I, Wait, I, I have, I have. Please give me the right address because I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna f- it up and Ben's gonna be mad at me. It is twitch.tv slash Seorian Chronicles. Sweet. So yeah, you can check us out every Monday night. We played D and D live. We had a very dramatic and emotionally intense session the previous Monday from record date where my character found out that his previously thought to be dead brother is actually still alive and he was the last person to know about it so yeah a lot of fun love playing with those guys we have so much love for the game and love for each other it really shines through in our role play and yeah other than that my own personal twitch twitch.tv slash hollywoodzack I will probably be streaming some Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed here. Yeah. Nice. And you can find me on Twitter at trekkieb 47 If you're not already following me, I am private right now uh, just for my sanity in, in the fandom right now. So uh, if you do want to follow me, just uh, hit a follow request. And, and if you're cool, you'll be, you'll be let in. But, <laughs> it's the uh, cool kids club. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> It's the let's let Eric have some mental health, please. For the yeah. God. Yeah. So I, I, I had a rough, I had a rough September. So I, I, I locked No, it it's fair. I don't blame you. I'm also on Instagram at trekkieb 47 again, uh, kind of locked down right now, but I do want to get back to uh, Twitch uh, streaming at, at some point. So uh, just be sure to follow me on twitch.tv slash trekkieb 47 and and maybe we'll get to some streaming again. No, this, this has been an amazing episode. I'm I'm so glad that uh, we're talking about a new Power Rangers uh, episodes, and uh, I hope everyone really enjoyed it. So I will remind everyone that we will be reviewing episodes 16 through 18 on Extra Episode 90, and then Extra Episode 91, where we will review the last four episodes of Power Rangers Dino Fury Season 2. If you want to watch Power Rangers Dino Fury Season 2, it is available exclusively on Netflix. You're not going to find this on Nickelodeon, despite what some people say. They're wrong. It's all on It's all on Netflix. It's never coming back to Nickelodeon. So. That's right. If you are international, though, not in the... I'm not sure exactly what sure. countries it's exclusive to Netflix, but there are some international countries that still are airing it on their um yes regular networks for now good point good point so ranger nation let us know what you think if you have questions you can email us at ranger command power hour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com we're on twitter at ranger command ph and on instagram and facebook at ranger command power hour all one word 
Once again, thank you all for listening to Ranger Command. We always appreciate the support, especially this has been a very momentous year for a lot of us and uh, especially me. So I really appreciate our listeners' patience with the different schedule changes and us being not on a quite so regular schedule. I really appreciate everyone's support. Shoot us some reviews on Atlanta. Yes. Apple Podcasts. Yeah. I think, I don't know if Spotify does reviews, but or if you can like us on there, yes. I don't know how that works. Shoot us some reviews. Fill out yeah. our listener survey. I think we still have, do we still have that, right? We do. Okay. Yeah. The best way to help us out, if you can't help us out through supporting us on Patreon, like I said, you can use our Amazon affiliate link. Just click our affiliate link. And you can buy anything on there too. It's not just Power Rangers. You don't have to just shop on our shop. Just click the link and it supports us as long as you shop in that same session. Exactly. And even if you don't want to do that, please take a moment and thumbs up us on Apple Podcasts or give us a five-star rating. And if you want to take the extra step and, and write a review about why Ranger Command is important to you or, or how we interact in your day or, or any feedback, those Apple podcast reviews really help us. And it really makes my whole week when I see those. Or you can send us a message through our contact form. Or like I said, you know, reach out to us at, at our Gmail. We always talk about it in every single episode and literally any type of support, whether financially, monetarily, or just words, your, your words mean so much to us, you know, interact with us on, on social media. We're open, we're here. And, and we just love the support that our listeners have given us over the past eight years. So again, we really appreciate it. Yeah. And until next time, we'll see you on the next Ranger Command Power Hour. Later, everyone. Bye. Zach? I, bye. <laughs> I <don't know> what, <laughs> I, how do I add to a goodbye? I don't, I don't add anything to no, a goodbye. No, we, we, we all say bye. Okay, okay I'm, 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 well, I'm sorry. I'm one of these, one of, eight years later, we still don't know how nope. to sign off. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at RangerCommandPowerHour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening.